We're beginning uh, chapter 17 in Kings 2, and this is the chapter where the kingdom of Israel is exiled by the Assyrian Empire. We've already seen uh, partial exiles. We saw the two and a half tribes on the east bank of the Jordan River were exiled a couple chapters ago. And then we saw a verse about the northern population in the Galilee, the Kinneret, what's called the land of Naphtali. Uh, up north, they were also exiled. But now, um, in this chapter, Assyria is going to finish off the job. They're going to march into Shomron, where the major population centers are, and finish off the exile of the ten tribes. So let's open up here, chapter 17, verse 1. And in the twelfth year of Achaz, king of Judea, Malach Hoshea ben Ella b'Shomron, that Hoshea, the son of Ella, reigned in the Shomron, Al Yisrael and he ruled over Israel for nine years. So Hoshea ben Ella, we've actually met him before about uh, two chapters ago, chapter 15, verse 30. It was Hoshea, son of Ella, who assassinated Pekach ben Ramaliyahu. That was the previous king of Israel. Hoshea assassinated him. And then after that, the narrative switched to the kings of Judea. And now we're back uh, discussing the kings of Israel. So we're talking about Hosea ben Ela now, who has taken over uh, the reigns of the kingdom of Israel. The name of, of Hosea means uh, Hashem Yoshia. It's like a combination of Hashem Yoshia, Hashem w- will save. And you have uh, that name before. There's uh, Joshua was originally named Hosea before he was called Yehoshua, right? Moses added a yud to his name and he came, went from Hosea to Yehoshua. We also have a prophet who's named Hosea ben Be'eri. And that's a prophet who actually prophesied during these times. And we mentioned him a couple of times. We brought down his prophecies concerning uh, the 10 tribes. So he ruled for nine years. And again, he's the final king before the exile. And so what kind of king was he? Verse 2. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Though not like the kings of Israel who had preceded him. So here we get something different. Up to now, every king of Israel, since Yeruvah and Avat, was described in the verses as not turning away from the sins of Yeruvah and Avat that repeated itself over and over again about every king. But here, on Hoshea ben Ella, we don't get a mention of that. It's the opposite. We get a verse here that he was not as bad as the kings who preceded him. So he is different. Something different is going on here. Something's going on with Hoshea ben Ella that's not happening with the previous kings. So Rashi uh, brings it down here. It's in, uh, he brings this from Gitin, tracted Gitin 88. And he says the following, For he abolished the sentries, that is, Yoshea ben Ella abolished the guards who were stationed since the days of Yerovam on the roads to guard lest the Israelites perform the pilgrimage for the festivals. And this one abolished them. So what Rashi is telling us is Yerovam ben Avat, and we've mentioned this a lot in our Shiorim, he was the first king of Israel. He set up these blockades to, and these guards to prevent the people from ascending to the temple during the holidays. So his kingdom would not acknowledge the kingdom of Judea and the king of Judea. Yerovah was worried about that, that he would lose his kingdom if they all um, went to Jerusalem. And he put up a blockade. 
can't go to Jerusalem in the temple. And that remained throughout until Hosea ben Ela comes along here and abolishes the blocks and the, and the, um, the guards. So that's why it doesn't say in verse 2 that he went in the ways of Yeravah ben Avat because he did not repeat the sin of Yeravah ben Avat. He actually changed the status quo. He fixed it and he removed the guards from their stations. So if that's so, the question that Beg's asking is, um, if Hosea ben Ella was better than all those who preceded him by removing these barriers, then why did the exile happen on his watch during his reign? Isn't that kind of ironic? I mean, he's the only king not to go in the ways of Yeravah ben Avat, yet the Chorban happens when he's king. And that's why he's the last king. So actually, Rashi himself answers the question, continuing from Mesechet Gitin, says the following. Since the guards were abolished, the Jews still refrained, refrained from performing the pilgrimage. Therefore, their verdict was sealed to be exiled in his days, for until now, you could blame the failure to visit the temple on the kings who prevented them. But now, they had no one to blame. So that's a scary concept here, that when the blockades to Jerusalem existed, the people in the kingdom of Israel they were forcibly prevented from going to the temple, what we call anus, forcibly prevented. But now that they were removed by Hosea ben Ella, the people became culpable. There was culpability now because they still didn't go. They had no more excuses, right? By the way, um, there's a holiday called Tuba, the 15th of Av, and um, in the 15th of Av, it commemorates several happy events. And one of those events is that Hosea ben Ella removed the barriers that Yeravam ben Avad had set up. So that's considered a, a happy thing, a good thing. The problem is that people didn't act upon it, and uh, that made them more uh, uh, culpable, because up to that point, they could always say, hey, we can't go. We, we're forcibly prevented from going. Now, this is uh, scary because you can make a parallel to what's happening to the Jews in exile today, the Jews in the Galut. Um, you know, all the years that when, when Aliyah to Israel was difficult, in the centuries preceding this, in the, all the years when we were in, in the dark exile, I mean, it was almost impossible to come to Israel. It was really difficult. It was, it was, it was a, a big thing. So it's excusable that the Jews didn't come to Israel then. And when they said, Lashan Haba Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem, right? They, uh, they might have really meant it. But today, when all the Jew has to do is board an El Al airplane and come to Israel, well, when he says, Lashan Haba Yerushalayim and, does, and still doesn't come, is he not being a little insincere about it? After all, you know, the obstacles have been removed. There's no more barriers to Aliyah. It's pretty easy to do. And so that makes him culpable now. So again, it's a scary concept because there's really no excuses not to come to Israel anymore. And we know what happened to the 10 tribes. When they became culpable, they were wiped out. And God forbid uh, that happens to the Jews in the exile who have no more excuses not to come here. And that's just a plug here to leave the exile as fast as you can. Okay. So now that uh, we know the exile is going to happen during his reign, it's going to happen in the next verse. It's going to start. It says in verse 3, 
Alav Alash Almaneser Melech Ashur. And the king of Assyria went up against him. And notice they use the word Allah Alav. He came up to him. You know, when they, uh, when um, the king of Assyria came to Ahaz, the king of Judea, came to Jerusalem, it said, Uba Yerushalayim, he came. But when they come for war, it says Allah, they came up. Not that ge- geographically they came up, because it's actually going from southwards, going from Assyria to Israel, but Allah they came up for war. So he comes up for war, Shalmaneser, and we have a new king of Assyria, his name is Shalmaneser. The previous one was called Tiglat Pel Eser. And he comes up, and it says in verse 3, the continuation, And he made Hosea a evit to him, a vassal to him, a servant to him. And Hosea had to pay him tribute. So the first step is of this uh, catastrophe here that's upcoming is that Shalmaneser takes over the Shomron and Hosea becomes a vassal state to Shalmaneser. But then it says in verse 4, and the king of Assyria found a conspiracy in Hosea. That is, he found a revolt in Hosea. Hosea was paying the, uh, the tribute, but at a certain point, Hosea re- rebelled. What did he do? It says so in verse 4. He sent messengers to the king of Egypt. So, Hosea, at one point, decided to try to forge an alliance with the king of Egypt, whose name was So, S-O. Used to, used to be the kings of Egypt had names like Paro. That was the generic name of the kings of Egypt. Then we saw names like Shishak, king of Egypt. Now, this one's name is So. And Hosea sent messages to So, hoping that he can forge an alliance to try to maybe um, stop the Assyria onslaught. And he was hoping that joining Egypt, another empire, would help him. But he's reading the political map incorrectly. Assyria is the powerhouse, not Egypt. As a matter of fact, the prophet calls Egypt a kaneratzutz, a broken reed that you can't lean on. So he went to him, and because he went to Egypt, he did not give Assyria the tribute as he had given every year, because he figured he has an ally to help him. So what happened? And Melech Ashur arrested him. And he confined him in prison. So um, it's just like the modern Hebrew, La'atzor is to arrest him. And then he put him into prison. You have Ma'atzar and you have Ma'asar. Ma'atzar is when you're arrested and Ma'asar is prison. So Hosea ben is in an Assyrian prison and they didn't just kill him. You know, there was due process. The Assyrians are civilized. They uh, probably tried him in court on sedition and they put him in jail. And it's kind of um, reminds us of what's going to happen 150 years later when the kingdom of Judea is attacked by the Babylonians and Sitchiahu, that last king of Judea, is also put into prison by the Babylonians. So now that... Um, the king of Israel, Hosea, is in Assyria, in prison. Now, the king of Assyria goes to work. And the king of Assyria went up throughout the entire land. And he went up to Samaria. 
And he besieged it for three years. So now we're talking about a major attack on the Shomron. And this is, uh, again, the heart of, of the kingdom of Israel. The Many tribes have already been exiled. But this is like the, uh, the major population dense, where the density is. And he, it says he besieged it for three years. Now, if it's a three-year siege, that means the kingdom of Israel is not going down easy. A three-year siege on Samaria, which was a fortified city, means that the Jews put up a big fight, even though we don't get the details of, of this fight, like we do later on when the Babylonians come against Judea, also a fortified city. When they come against Jerusalem, we get more details. And of course, in the second temple, when the Romans put a siege on, uh, on Jerusalem, there's a lot written about the revolt. But obviously, the Jews were putting up resistance before their final exile. And it wasn't enough, obviously, because in verse 6, and in verse 6, we finally get the final blow here. Bishanat Shi'it Lo And in the ninth year of Oshea, this is again verse 6 in chapter 17, that the king of Assyria took Samaria, and he exiled the Israelites. Vayegel, from the word galut, right? Galut means exile. That's the noun. And if you turn it into a verb, you take the root galut, and it's vayagel. He exiled the Israelites, Ashura, to Assyria. Vayeshevotam, and he put them, where did he put them? All kinds of different places. In Bachlat, in Bachobor, Benahar Gozen. These are all geographical locations in Assyria, in northern Assyria. Some say they're maybe modern-day Persia and Arei Madai, in the cities of Media. And that's what Assyria does. They deport populations from place to place, so they won't rebel against them later on. They move them around, they repatriate them. That's what's happening to the 10 tribes here, and this is how we lost the 10 tribes. Again, Assyria is a superpower, most famous for their fearsome army, deadly uh, chariots and iron weapons. And we see here their standard policy and strategy was deportation of large segments of the population. That's what they're doing here. And that's it. You have a major uh, Chorban. This is like the worst thing that happened to Am Yisrael because it's before the destruction of the first temple. It's before the Holocaust, okay? This is it. There's nothing worse than this. 10 tribes out of 12 have been lost. And so in the continuation of the chapter, the, the narrative is going to go through... Uh, Many, many verses summing up the saga of the kingdom of Israel, why it was wiped out. Because uh, again, it's a big deal. And um, we're going to try to get to the root causes of what caused the exile of the 10 tribes. And that's what we'll look um, into in our next year.